Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Uh, listen, we're right in the middle of a series we kicked off uh, last week, If um, and we'll put all of them together, and you can get all of them together, but if not, I don't think we've been so busy this week. I know, I'm pretty sure we don't have many copies of that message, but if you were not here uh, last week, uh, we had several at the ramp, but I promise you it's a good one. It's, uh, it's a good message to get. We started, uh, uh, we basically, uh, I basically preached last week, who is the Holy Spirit, and um you know, the Holy Spirit is not tongues. He's not prophecy. Are you with me? He's not a fall down in the floor. He's not a manifestation. He's a person. Are you with me? And so today I want to talk about the communion or really having communion with the Holy Spirit. How many knows that God wants our communion? All right, so uh, I'm not talking about our crackers and wine either. We'll get to it in a minute. So let's look at uh, John chapter 16, and then uh, I want to go to the book of Corinthians, the second chapter of Corinthians. And so John chapter 16, look at verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Look at this. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And so last week we really went through this. We went through what that Greek word uh, uh, helper means. And, um, and it's kind of hard for me to, and even as the disciples, as he's talking to them, you got to think that they had, they had everything going on at this moment, but Jesus tells them that it's going to be better for him to depart so that he can send the helper alongside of them. Now, we talked about this last Sunday. I'm just doing a little review and to get into what I'm talking about this morning. When Jesus was on the earth, the Holy Spirit, God, how many knows that they're all God? Are you with me? We go through the whole Trinity. The Trinity blows the mind. I can't comprehend it, but I did the best. I could to preach it the way I see it. The that God, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. You with me? There's one Lord, one Spirit, right? Manifest in three persons. They're not. They're not afraid if we say, "I worship you, Holy Spirit." Jesus doesn't get upset. Are you with me? God said, "I can't believe He says I love you, Jesus," but He didn't say me. Listen, they're governed by love. They're not jealous. They're not envious of one another. They're all one. So when we say, I worship you, Holy Spirit, Jesus said, talk about me. Are you with me? And so, but when Jesus was on the earth, the Holy Spirit was contained in one man. Throughout the whole Old Testament, the Spirit of God moved upon man. In the New Testament, after the cross, God is in man. Are you with me? Jesus is not on the earth. He's at the right hand of the Father making intercession. Right? We know he's there because after the cross, remember Stephen is stoned to death. And it says as, as he's being stoned, he looks what? Into heaven and sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And so we know he's there. So if, if Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, God is there. What, on earth is the Holy Spirit. That is what is in our life. That is what we have communion with. Uh, uh, that is our fellowship with God on the earth, the Holy Spirit, okay? So let's go to uh, John chapter, uh, I mean, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 14. 
and we'll pick up today uh, where we're at. So, all right. This is just so much to preach, we can't, uh, we can't just get it all in 45 minutes, so we have to break it down into slices uh, of, uh, I wrote that down again wrong. Lord, why I always do that? I'm dyslexic sometimes. I'm going to find the verse of scripture that I'm looking for. All right. I got to find my verse of scripture. I wrote it down wrong. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 13. I believe it's in here. All right, I found it. Verse Corinthians 13, verse 14. This is where I want to go. Now, Paul's writing. This is his last letter he's going to write to them. We, we talk about this sometimes. How many knows if you're going to leave or the last thing you want to say, this is going to be one. I mean, you want to drive the point home. This is going to be very important. This is the last thing he's fixing to pen. How many know that Paul is also writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? That, that literally is a poor translation in the King James. These men were literally gripped, and if he wanted to write something, he couldn't write nothing else because he was so possessed by God. That's how much the Spirit of God was influencing this man to write. And so now, so Paul, under the inspiration, under the influence, under the intoxication of the Holy Spirit, he's writing and he's penning a letter. Now look at this. In 2 Corinthians uh, um, uh, chapter 13, verse 14, it says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now he's closing the letter with this. The grace of the Lord. How many knows we're saved by grace? It's not by works. Come on now. I know that we got to have works, but we're not saved by our works. Our goodness and our ability to worship God, all of that comes through the grace. I'm righteous this morning uh, through Christ Jesus by his what? Grace. So Paul's reminding them, listen, he, he's, he's finishing the letter, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not by your works. You can't earn this thing. It's by God's, it's the simple grace of God that we're saved. Look at this. And the love of God. How many knows we always need to be reminded of his love? The Bible says in Romans 8 that neither height nor depth, any can, in, none of that can separate us from the love of God. I don't know about you, but I love my boys. I got three of them. I love them. And my love for them cannot even compare to the love that which God has for us. He's 100% in love with us this morning. Now look at this. And he says this, and the communion... Of the Holy Spirit be with you uh, uh, always, um, uh, be with you all, amen. Another word for communion is fellowship. Listen to this, the Holy Spirit longs to fellowship with us. He is a person. When I say he's a person, I don't mean that he's human. But he does have a personality. He has likes and dislikes. When to get into all of that. And so, but he, he, he is a person, it's not an it. A lot of times because I grew up, it, it, to all of our backgrounds, and I said this uh, last week, if you grew up Baptist, you say Holy Spirit, right? Or charismatic, you say Holy Spirit. Grew up in the Pentecostal church, we always said Holy what? Ghost. The Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? And the difference between... I said this last Sunday, the difference, the difference between a Pentecostal is they'll say Holy Ghost 
and it's like that. You with me? If you go to charismatic church, they say Holy Spirit. It's like Catherine. Catherine, Holy Spirit. I have more of a Pentecostal flavor. I'm a hurricane jerker. You know what I'm saying? Get them, fire God. All right, so the Holy Ghost is a person. All right, and so um, he longs to have fellowship with us. Look at James chapter 4, verse 5. Um, he wants intimate friend. He, he wants us to be intimate friends who share things together. Have you ever heard someone just say, you know, like they just talking to Father? A lot of times we make prayer so difficult that we scare people away from prayer. We think that prayer is supposed. We've got to be some great. We have to be some great linguist to know all the Bible and all of this to 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 pray. Prayer is simple communication with God. I don't know about you, but I mean, I talk to the Holy Spirit like I'm talking to somebody. Are you with me in this room? I talk to him like I'm talking to somebody. I ask him, what do you think about that? Uh, 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 tell me, what, what, what's on your heart about this? Are you with me now? And how many knows this, that the Holy Spirit will speak back to us? We can't really go into all that. But let's look at the Scripture in James. Can you pull that up back there? Do we have someone manning that? Uh, James. Look at this uh, verse of Scripture right here in James chapter 4, verse 5. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy. Listen to this, the Holy Spirit is jealous of our time. Come on now, He's yearning jealous. He, he, He wants relationship. Most of us in the church give the Holy Spirit the last five minutes of the day. When we're laying on our pillar at night, so exhausted from everything we've done, we give God the scraps. But it says the Spirit in us, it yearns jealously. He's he's vying for my attention. He's longing to say, will you come aside? I got something on my heart today that I want to drop into your spirit. He's longing for us. So prayer is not this big, uh, uh, this, you, this great um, uh, dialogue that's going on between me and God. It's really fellowship that's happening. It's, it's me allowing Him to hear what's on my heart, but I'm also hearing what's on His heart. Sometimes my prayer is nothing but sitting in the floor, listening to a song and listening to what He may say. See, if I get in there and all I say is I got my petitions and I got my list, God, will you please bless my family? Will you please touch my children? Will you please bless us financially? God, don't let no harm come near my dwelling. Don't let it rain this week, God. Hope the fish bite good Saturday morning. I can't, he can't get a word in edgewise. The Holy Ghost was saying this, listen, sit down and shut up. I I know what you have need of before you even ask. What I really want is you to sit down and let me speak something. I had, a, I had a vision one time where I saw an angel. You said, well, I don't believe that. Well, don't believe the New Testament then. And the angel come in to, uh, come into our bedroom. And as the angel come into the bedroom, the, the first I spoke to the angel to tell him the revelation in the dream. When I spoke and, and shared the revelation, he left. And I paused for a minute and I said, and I prayed this. I said, God, if you'll let the angel come back, I, I won't say anything. How many know? <laughs> Listen, when God asks you a question, he's not looking for the answer. He's not saying, son, I need to know how much revelation you got. I... 
So when he came back in the room, I didn't say nothing. I was silent. And then he, uh, uh, out of his hand, flung like a ninja star. And when it did, uh, a computer screen uh, come out of that ninja star onto my bedside table. And there was a bunch of writing. God was trying to give me a message. Are you with me? And so the Holy Spirit yearns. He, he, he longs to... Um, he longs to. He longs for our time. He he's he longs for our attention. Now listen to this. A lot of believers want to draw close to Jesus, and they say, "Well, I really don't need to talk to the Holy Spirit that way." Listen, that is almost like a fair, the Pharisees tried to know God the Father without Jesus. Are you with me? Look at this in John chapter eight. You okay? You're gonna preach a little bit and teach you a little bit. John chapter eight, verse forty-one. You remember that the Pharisees were bragging about their relationship with God, but they didn't like Jesus. Are you with me? Especially when Jesus started preaching about eating his body and drinking his blood. They showed didn't like that message. They didn't like Jesus when he created the whip. Remember when he went into the temple and they were selling doves? Jesus got a whip, and it wasn't nay nay. Are you with me? Went in there and tore them up and said, get out for what? I'm jealous over my father's house that my father's house could be what? A house of prayer. Now look at this. In John 8, uh, verse um, 41. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but He sent me. Listen to this. In our fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the more I fellowship with Him, the more He reveals Jesus to me. Just like hanging out with Jesus reveals the Father to us. Come on, are you with me now? Jesus came what? To put a face on an invisible father. Because the Old Testament is killing, stealing, and destroying. And so this, we could say this statement, that Jesus is perfect theology. If we can't see it in the life of Jesus, we have to, uh, we have to question it really on a theological basis. Because he came to reveal to us the Father. What is, so if someone says, what is the Father like? I simply look at the life of Jesus to see what the Father's like. I know that the Father's merciful. Someone said, how could you say this morning that God's proud of us? You don't see America. Yes, but I'm telling you this, your Father is merciful. Nobody... I said that the Father is merciful. How do I know that the Father's merciful? Because the Son came into a city and saw a woman that was caught, not heard about, caught in adultery. And the town was ready to stone her. But the Father has changed the mercy. Come on, somebody. Mercy always outweighs judgment. The church loves judgment, but God loves mercy. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all come to the knowledge of his son. Jesus goes into that city, goes and protects that woman, tells her, do not sin no more. Didn't that blow their theology? But Moses said, we must kill her. Well, there's a new sheriff in town now. So Jesus reveals the Father. So if Jesus reveals the Father, the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. Now, 
Where we cut, cut this right here back. It's blowing icicles out. All right, how many cold? Right, y'all, I'm cold. If I get cold, it's cold. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Lord. Now, check this out. John chapter 7, verse 38 says this, that out of your bellies, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Right? Didn't say that out of your belly shall flow a trickle. So what happens in worship this morning, what was happening in worship when we went into all of that? You know what I'm saying? It got just real, whatever. One of the things that we were doing is we closed out last uh, Sunday's message with this. How many knows that the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, if you read Psalms 139, verse 7 and 8, David says this, he says, or the psalmist says this, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Right? Where can I hide or where can I go from your spirit? If I send into the highest of the heavens, there you are. If I go to the belly of the earth, there you are. So the Spirit of God is everywhere according to that verse of Scripture. Are you with me? Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, there's not freedom everywhere. There's not freedom in a lot of churches. So really, when the King James rendered where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, that's a poor translation. Let me read it the way it really needs to say. It says, where the Spirit is Lord. Oh my, there's a whole lot of difference where the Spirit is. That's like Joshua said. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know what the neighbor's house is doing, but I know what my house, the Spirit, is Lord. And so what we were declaring, holy, holy, what we were saying is, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you Lord up in this place. And so in that environment, what happens is freedom happens. Deliverance takes place. Healing takes place. And you was just up in that environment and got set free. Now, Jesus said in John 7, 38, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not trickles, but rivers of living water. We want to jump in the river. Where's the river at? The river's inside of you. The secret place is not somewhere you're trying to find it. The secret place is not the closet in your house. The secret place is the inward man. And what you have to do is quiet the flesh, man, person, everything going on up in here, the soulless realm. Once that gets quieted, you're in the secret place. The secret place is not mystical. It's in here. All right. So here's the deal. So out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, this Jesus spake of the Spirit, for the Spirit of God was not yet given because Jesus was not what yet? Manifested. Now here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is at work in my life to reveal Jesus unto me. And He is also at work in my life to build me into the image of Jesus. But right now, I look a lot like John. But he's at work in my life to build me into the image of Jesus. Or do you, we agree with this in this room. Or I'm in a church that believe all things are getting bad. The world's getting worse. Huh? The Bible says he's coming for a bride that has made herself ready. She ain't some beaten, battered prostitute. She's a bride. A pure bride that has made herself ready without spot, wrinkle, and blemish. Ephesians, Paul's mystery of the bride, the church, says that she's going to be in equal proportion to her head. 
This is a body on the earth that realizes that the Holy Spirit is not just something, it's not some it, it's God on the inside of them. Why did Matt say you're equipped for the journey? Because you got God on the inside of you. Now, so think about this. Jesus, most people believe that God is trying to build their life after the suffering Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not trying to build your life after the suffering Jesus. He's building your life as the resurrected Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in heaven. Jesus is on the earth. We know, according to Scripture, that the Spirit of God ascended upon him as a dove. He, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. He came down in the form of a dove and remained upon him. We said this last Sunday, if you can bear it, Noah sent out what? A dove from the ark. Came back with the olive branch. Right? That dove circled till he found the ark and the tabernacle of God again on earth and he landed on Jesus. With me? Now, Jesus had the Holy Spirit, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, Acts 10, 38. We see the Trinity again. God, Jesus, God the Father in heaven, Jesus on earth, how he anointed him with the Holy Spirit. That's how he did what he did. He did not do what he did in the books recorded that we have, the, the records that we have written in the books of the Bible. He did, do, he did not do them as, man, as God, but he did it as man anointed by God. We all agree with that in this room. Because if Jesus did it as God, he could not say in John chapter 14 verse 12, the works that you see me do greater are you going to do. He could not make a statement. Because how can I do the greater works than he did? How can I do the greater works that he did if, because I'm not God, I'm a man? Jesus was fully God, yet man. Anointed by God. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit is at work in my life to build me and to make me into the image of the resurrected Jesus. And he's also in my life to reveal Jesus to me, okay? So in my fellowship with him, the, let me tell you what's on his heart. When you talk to the Holy Spirit, what's on his heart is what's on God's heart. He's not coming with his own dialect. He's coming for what he hears. See, there's a conversation going on in heaven right now about you. You believe this? Huh? There's a conversation going on right now in heaven. You know why I know this? Because Psalms 139 says the thoughts that God thinks towards us are thought that the thoughts are more than the sand upon the the seashores. So how many knows that's a lot of saying? That's a lot of thoughts. So if I want to hear a thought about you, you know what I got to do is I just got to get quiet and say, say, Holy Spirit, what's one thought that God's thinking about Matt Thomas? And all of a sudden he begins to drop that thought into my life and then I remind him of the goodness of God with that thought. That's good. So listen, you cannot draw close to Jesus without drawing close to the Holy Spirit. You cannot draw close to the Father without drawing close to Jesus. All right. Now, in order for us to have friendship or communion with someone, we must first learn their personality or dislikes. Now let's look at this. In John, in John chapter 14 and 16, Jesus, Jesus uses the pronouns he, him, and himself 19 times in reference to the Holy Spirit. Now but check this out. The Holy Spirit is not human. 
We are made what? In the image of God. That doesn't mean God looks like me. I got traits like God. Characteristics, personality. Are you with me? Well, here's the deal. God made in the beginning male and female. So I've heard somebody say, well, you know, when Eve sinned, she didn't hear God say not eat from the tree. No, she heard it because she was inside Adam. Am I in the book? She was inside of Adam. Where did, I, where did Eve come from? Out of Adam. So God has masculine and feminine persona and traits. Are you with me? The first four chapters of Proverbs talking about the Holy Spirit as wisdom says her. But the Holy Spirit is not female nor is he male. And this gets really difficult because in our language when we speak to something it's got to be a he, she, or an it. I had to slow down. I I prayed this morning. I said, God, I'm going to say that. Now you help me out. (laughs) I'm human. I'm trying to speak. (laughs) So we don't have, but, but in the Greek... Uh, but in the Greek, um, it's, it's, it's gender neutral, okay, if you will. So let's, what, what I want to do is I want to finish up the time I have left. And I'm, I'm going to talk about my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to talk about uh, and, and relate this to the fellowship I have with my wife, okay? And then we'll finish this. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Look at this. Pull this verse of Scripture up. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. So if I'm going to have a relationship, number one, how do you build a relationship? Well, you can't build a relationship if you're doing stuff they don't like. You with me? you got to try to understand the person that you're trying to have a relationship with. you got to understand. you got to find out what they like and what they, what they dislike. Hear me? Now, you can look at me because I read the Scripture where Paul said he buffeted his body. So I eat at buffets a lot. Wait a minute, I'm cutting them. Now, but you, I can tell you right now, I don't care what kind of killer buffet you got, that woman I ain't going to a buffet with you. She don't like them. Now, me, <laughs> you with me? So here's the thing. I got to learn what she likes. So look at this, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Come on. All right. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, talking about your wife, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. That's all scary, ain't it, fellas, right there. Do you know that your prayer life is connected to how you handle your wife? Don't shout it down now. Help me out. Don't shout it down. Hear me. (laughs) Your prayer life and the answers to your prayer are determined how you handle your wife. Now, the Bible never refers to her as a weak vessel. That's one of the things that the church has bought into, that the woman is weak. She ain't weak. Eve was a, my God, Eve was strapped right beside Adam as a force. That's the why God brings us together to create a synergy and a force inside the kingdom of God. When she was up there praying, I'm, I felt God all over me. I'm thinking, my God, go on ahead, woman, go with it. You follow on? There's a force. And then when you put that intercession along with this fire, you got something. Yes. Are you with me now? And so the what, what Peter's saying is, first of all, to have a relationship with my wife, I got to have an understanding of who she is. 
Still talking about the Holy Spirit. See, when I was raised up in church, I didn't even know we could have communion with the Holy Spirit. I thought our communion with the Holy Spirit was on Wednesday night and Sunday morning. If that's all you have, you one weak individual in the faith. Are you with me? Now let me ask you this. How many of you only eat on Sundays and Wednesdays? Huh? Well, here's another thing. We say, well, every time I try to have fellowship and I read the Bible, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't remember like you do, Pastor, about what you read. I can't remember that. Well, you know what? I don't remember what I ate last Tuesday at lunch. I can't remember. But I can tell you what, it supplied and got me to where I'm at now. So all you have to do is keep eating and God will bring it back to you when you need it. It's sustaining you on the journey. So I was wrecked when I found out that I didn't have to have everybody gathered in the church and the worship band to have communion with God. That's where I'm trying to get to. So you got to have an understanding. Now, let's, let, I'm going to preach my own failures. Now, Catherine, you promise you won't get up and don't get up and start dancing now. Out at our house, she's the only woman. We got a little, we got a little dog. Her name is Lucy. So that's Catherine's uh, baby girl. But there's three boys. How many knows as men, we communicate a whole lot different than women do? Huh? We say things like, shut up and get in the truck. And we good. <laughs> we say when we go sit down at the buffet, my God, get your fat self in the chair where we can get something to eat. Now, if I communicate that with my wife, we're going to struggle. And how many knows this, that as men, we can get in a knockdown drag out, get out there and fight, slinging blood, and still go out and eat that night. Because we forgot about it. Give us a few hours and we got it. Is anybody else in it? Huh? Now, however, one miscommunicated word can put you three days. One miscommunicated word can put you three days upstairs or at the other end of the house when it comes to a woman. I'm trying to help us out as men folk. See, we, we get in an argument and then 30 minutes later we won't go in the room to turn person's sledge on. It don't happen like that. If it does, pray for me because it don't happen like that in my house. It's going to take three to four days of bringing it back in. Now listen to this. I'm going somewhere with this. So you, we have to have an understanding. In other words, I have to change my language when I'm communicating to my wife. Her number one thing, I can tell you this, and my boys would stand up and say amen. She always t she tells me this. She says, you don't know how to talk to me sometimes. I said, woman, I'm a linguist. I get paid to talk. But what I have to understand is I'm not dealing with a player. Now I'm dealing with my wife. And Peter said that I've got to treat her as a weaker vessel. I'm going somewhere with this. Now, listen to this. The Holy Spirit is might, power, fire, glory. But he's also very sensitive. And he's tenderhearted. I'm going to show you this this morning. And you can communicate to him like he's a football player and run him clean off. 
Now, don't take me, don't take me out of some theological area that where the preacher said, where the Holy Spirit leads. No, he's with you even until the end. But I can tell you, he's not happy about some of the situations he's in. Because you say, well, I wouldn't do that in church. Why not do what you do in church? Because you're doing it with God. When you walk right down there to the cinema and they curse in the name of God and everything else, you took him right in there with you. Why not? Oh, I wouldn't watch that in church. Why? You watching it with God. And the Holy Ghost is sitting there saying, What? What are you doing? Get us out of here. <laughs> oh, oh Lord, let me go right here. Pull up Ephesians verse 4, I mean chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. And then I want you to grab Matthew chapter 12 verse 32. I'm going to say this. I'm going to bring some light on something right here. It's light to me. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. When we talk about each other, we're not imparting grace. We're imparting destruction. Keep it back up there on the screens. Man, y'all quick to the draw. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How did it say do not grieve Him? By what? Your words. Listen, we've got to learn as a church how to walk with God and how to walk with the Holy Spirit. I, re- I read this book maybe, maybe 10, 12 years ago. It was written by R.T. Kendall called The Sensitivity of the Spirit. How many have ever read that book? Lord, not a person. We come to a sheltered world. No, I'm glad. Listen, in that book, R.T. Kendall um, talks about the Holy Spirit as really he uses the metaphor and, and pictures him as a dove. How many knows this, that doves and pigeons look a lot alike, but they're very different in personalities? From a distance, a pigeon looks like a large dove. But here's another thing about pigeons. You can shoot, they might get up, they'll come right back. A dove is very afraid of noise. Don't, don't, don't take me where I'm not Let me finish this, okay? Someone said, well, my God, you just had loud music going on. up. Trust me, he loves that too. And if you think it's quiet in heaven, friend, you're going to be jaw-dropped when you get there. I pray for some people that I know they fit to depart. I said, Lord, just give them a minute. It's going to take them a while to hang on. Because the Bible says his voice that proceeds from the throne are the sound of many waters. That's Niagara Falls times 100,000. That's what's coming out of the throne of God. He said, well, church, we ought to sit down and be proper. Have you ever read Luke 15, what the Father's house is like? There's music and dancing going on right now. There's 24 elders bowing down before the throne of God. Cherubim and seraphim circling the throne saying, holy, holy is the Lord. Heaven's rocking right now, friend. And when you get there, hey, I thought it was quiet. It ain't going to be quiet. All of creation is worshiping God. Hello, every tribe, every race and nationality forever, we're going to gather around the throne and not preach but worship. So if you can't endure 30 minutes of worship, heaven's going to be a sad place for you, friend. Lord, I I figured Matt would do a lap around that, both mats. 
That's all we're going to do is worship God. And you know the reason why it never gets old, I've heard this preached before, that the cherubims and seraphims that circle the throne of God, all they do is say, holy, holy, holy. But every time they take a glance at the majesty of God, they see a different realm of God, and they say, oh my God, holy, holy, holy. He never gets old. And for all eternity, we're going to worship. Now, so the Holy Spirit can be tenderhearted. And so what we have to do is we have to learn how to walk with the dove. Now the pigeon, you can walk right up and start cussing. He's still sitting there. But the slightest movement or shakiness, the dove flies. Anybody ever shot doves in a field? When the first dove shooter took Grant to you, he's talking about, Daddy, do I need to put my orange vest on? I said, if you do, go stand on the other side of the field. Because if you got anything off color than the earth tone colors, when that dove comes to the field, he's fixing to start coming that way. He's turning clean away from that because his eyes and his vision, he sees that different color. So what we want is the earth tone colors to stand in the corn where, I ain't, where I'm taking clean out of sight. And the only thing, and once you fire that gun one time, every bird in that field gets up. So how Jesus walked is he was always conscious of the Holy Spirit in his life. Listen to this. I want to ask you this statement. How are we as a church? I'm fitting to scare us right here. A lot of people put, they value that book as supreme authority. And I do believe that. I'm not talking about, you can't be around me and not believe that I'm not, I'm not have passion for the word of God. But I'm telling you this, they as a church in the New Testament did not have that Bible. And yet they accomplished far more than what we had. What did they rely on? The Holy Ghost. He's the author of the book. You don't think he knows it? Listen to this. This is um, just trying to preach this. is build faith into you and, uh, and, and to make even mad the doubters. But Maria Whitworth, how many's ever heard of Mariah Woodworth Edder? God's generals? Oh, we're getting on something. How many's ever heard of Billy Graham? <laughs> how many's ever heard of Jesus? All right. I guess I'm in a city that had not heard. I was going to turn it into Ephesus right quick. Listen, I'm, I'm, bringing it, I'm getting this close there. Mariah Woodworth Edder, the Spirit of God appeared to her and said this, said that, Mariah, why are you not in my harvest field? Number one, she thought as a woman she didn't have the privilege of getting in the harvest field. So she overcame that. The second thing she said this, she said, she said, because God, I don't know the Bible like I'm supposed to know it. Now check this out. This is to her own account. She said that a ball of fire appeared in that house, and she said that, that in that was the Bible. And she said it was rotating like that. And the Holy Spirit said, Mariah, she said, he said, look intently at the Word of God. And when she did, he downloaded the 66 books of the Bible into her spirit. This is what's on the inside of us. Now check this out. So the Spirit can be grieved by my language, right? My harsh tone sometimes. Are you with me? I'm just trying to show you how sensitive the Spirit of God is. Now check this out. Did you, read, did you grab the other verse of Scripture I'm going to talk about? In Matthew chapter 12. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, uh, verse um, 32. Look at this. Who's on them screens back there? It's my son, ain't it? <laughs> Lord, give him help, Jesus. Here, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, 
It'll be forgiven. Now look, check this out. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Let me tell you how God, how tender, I'm, sh- I'm trying to show us how tender the Holy Spirit is. Yet He's all powerful, all of that. But He's got a tender side. This is what I'm just trying to reveal to you this morning. If you jump up and cuss me out, I'll be like, that joker's crazy. Let me show you the other side. If you jump up and cuss Catherine out, you just awaken the beast. And I'm on you. Any man in this room like that, this is the way that Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm sending him as a helper. The other word is he is a comfort. Listen, when a child needs comfort, most of them don't run to the daddy. They run to the mama. Ain't it amazing how much healing power is in a mother's kiss? The boys run out in the yard, come out, Asher, he's scraped all up, and he comes in, the whole world's over. You know what I'm saying? He's four years old. He's dying. Needs a, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, mama can kiss it, and it's all gone away. We was at the ball tournament the other weekend, and I seen this lady. She was walking around with this thing. She had a bottle called boo-boo juice. That's what it was called. You know what was in there? Water. The little, <laughs> the little eight U players get hurt. They cry. Oh, it's broke. You know what I'm saying? Sprayed that on there. Mama sprayed that on there. You know, they're out there playing. It's a miracle. Listen, I'm trying to show, why are you trying to show, show us this side? Because I'm telling you, listen, there's a lot of times we as believers go in crying like that over some little old thing. And God, through the Holy Spirit as that comfort, allows that side of His characteristics and His persona to come out through the Holy Spirit to pick me up and say, John, you know what? Just calm down. Listen, life is not over at this point. Just sit down. I know that it's jacked up right now, but sit down and know that I'm working all things out on your behalf. This is a side of the Holy Spirit. If we believe what I'm preaching, we would be careful how we talk in our homes. Listen, the children of Israel were not held out of the promised land because they was down at the liquor store. They was held out of the promised land because of what they said in their houses. Oh, I can't get no help. Listen to this. Come up, come here, Adam, because I'm almost done. Isaiah 11 and 2 says this. The Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of might. He's all-powerful and He's no and He's no way weak or impotent. Yet at the same time, He's kind-hearted and He feels things dif- deeply. He can be made sorrowful by our words and our actions. Now, how many knows this? We sing some songs this morning. Felt you started feeling the goosebumps. All of these things started happening, okay? All of these things started happening. But when we started singing holy, holy, God, you're holy. Holy Ghost was like, mm-hmm, yeah, yes, he is. He wants to get involved with that. That's why you feel it escalate to another level. See, I... Listen, the church for so long had a horizontal worship. When we were singing out the red books, Oh, victory in Jesus. I wish I could sing. My Savior forever, He sought me and He bought me. 
You know what I'm saying? What we're telling you is there's victory in Jesus. But where the church is moved to now is the vertical worship. We need the testimony of the Lord. Sometimes you need to tell me how you got to where you got. You know what I'm saying? There's victory in Jesus. But I'm telling you, when I start singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I just took you right out of the picture. Now I'm singing to Him. I'm singing to Him. Now I have an audience of one. And that's the one I'm trying to entertain. I'm trying to tell you He feels deeply. He yearns jealously on the inside of you for your attention. What, how, how, how would my day change if on my way to work I cut Chen, Kenny Chesney off and I begin to worship God? Now I'm a country boy and I used to like I used to like um, listen to country music but I just made a decision I don't know maybe two years ago or something but all, all we listen in our truck is worship and it's amazing how much John Bentley he sat by singing the worship the word of God's being sown onto into his life through song. He'll never forget that. Most of our teenagers could sing the greatest secular song and can't even sing you the words to Amazing Grace. Come on. Huh? What's more important? Nay, nay, or Amazing Grace? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. That's the greatest song we'll ever sing. His amazing grace. You gotta be aware of the dove. You gotta be aware that he's he's kind, he's tender-hearted. He loves worship. He's sitting in the trunk like, hey dude, how about cutting that off? Luke Bryan's done got us drunk, and we don't know if we're gonna make it. Could you cut me some uh could you cut me some breath alone? Tell me there's hope in God. Hello. I'm gonna finish with this. I said I was finishing way well ago, but I'm finishing now. I'm really am. When I was 18 years old. I was. I really. I really got fired up for the Lord. My. I went, went I, right after. Um, just really got, I mean, I'm told my on fire. I'm told my Bible token every day. I'm told my the red pocket New Testament was at work. I mean, I'm spending my lunch hour with God. I'm going home locking myself up. In the, I'm, I'm on fire at 18. Now, at our church, I didn't, I mean, things were good, but I, I, I did not know that I could have, I mean, I didn't know I could have communion. Now, I was fired up about going to church. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But I, outside of church, I didn't know that I could have fellowship with God in my bedroom. I told you when I was 18, I'm telling you when I really got on fire. It's when I got the revelation that I, I went to this church on Tuesday night. I was invited to their teenage ministry. I'm 18 years old. At our teenage ministry, you know, we, we, we were just going in there playing games, shooting pool, and five-minute message, you know what I'm saying? And not knocking, that's just where we were at. So I get invited to go to this church, and as I go in this church, all the lights is cut off. And I mean, I back then I used to, before I got married, you show up early. But anyhow, now my favorite song, Waiting on a Woman. Listen, here's the deal. She's worth waiting for, though. Glory to God. <laughs> I, I had it all good, you know what I'm saying? I'm excited about Purcell Sledge, and now I done ruined it. Here's the deal. So, <laughs> but, but listen, so I go to this church when I all the lights are cut off in their youth room. 
And I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, man, these teenagers, these teenagers can't even show up. And I remember, I'm literally almost stepped on a girl's legs. Um, and um, she was laying like underneath the chairs. Half of her body was sticking out of the chairs. And I'll never forget when the lights come on, there was kids laying out all over that sanctuary. And I'm thinking, what in the world's going on here? Number one, they were in revival. Little bitty town smaller than Sparks had almost right at 100 teenagers. I'm talking about spirit field. These kids is getting up, giving testimony. One girl got up, I remember, giving a testimony about a dog that was run over on the side of the road. She got out, laid hands on, spoke in tongues, prayed, did all she could, and God healed the dog. I don't believe God healed. Listen, God will heal anything you're concerned about. Hello. If it moves you, it moves him. I just wonder if we're going to get to hunt in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Take an take a animal. You take him or whatever that day, and then, you, then he just gets right back up again and say, hey, tomorrow I'm going to be in that tree again. Come by, I'm going to shoot you. Because they're going to be speaking again. I don't want to blow your mind, but the, but the animals are going to speak. You believe that? They spoke to Adam, didn't they? Huh? The animal's mouths were sealed after, after the fall of man. How do you know that? Because the Bible says that God loosed the donkey that Balaam happened he removed the curse from that donkey's mouth and he turned around and spoke to it so I'm going to look down at that deer and say hey I'm going to be in this tree tomorrow come by at 10 o'clock I'm going to be waiting on you I'm messing, I'm messing my all up man listen so I go to this church lots is all first of all the music was a lot different than my church we were still singing the music they were singing 60 years ago how many knows that there's a song for a generation to come up to of deliverance are you with me now? There's a song that sparks a generation. Look at what the Beatles did in America. I believe it was Decca Records said they, they, they never make it. No, they didn't make it, man. There's a song that's got to come from the earth, from the church, to take that generation over. It was when they crossed over that Miriam released that song of deliverance, of how God drowned Pharaoh, the horse, and the rider. And so... They were singing different music. And the guy, I remember this one girl, she was just sitting there shaking. I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with this girl? I thought there was something, you know, physically wrong with her. And I remember them preaching that night and going after God. It was totally different than the way we did it at our church. Not saying one's right or wrong. I'm just telling you this too. Listen to me. Be careful because communion with the Holy Spirit will make you climb the tree. It was Zacchaeus who got out in the middle of that street and climbed the sycamore tree. Passion and hunger will always make you climb to see who Jesus is. You won't be satisfied to see the Jesus that Cornerstone's showing you or the First Baptist Church. You want to see him who, who he is. And Zacchaeus said, I long to see Jesus for who he is. I don't want to know him through who Terry's got. I don't want to know him through who Clay's got. I want to know him for myself. I want to see him. And this is available to everybody in this room. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a singer. You don't have to be a prophet. You can just be anybody in love with God, lost in communion with his presence. And so what they taught me is, hey, we're communing with God long before we ever get here. When you got here 15 minutes before the service, we got here when we got out of school. We ain't eight in two days. What? We ain't eight in two days. Lou Engle's son Jesse, by the time he was 12 years old, was going on 40-day juice fast. I'll get off of that because see, we all, I, can't, I, ain't got no, I ain't, 
Because the communion with the Spirit of God was more important than what he could commune with this world. Listen, friend, how are we going to defeat the forest fire of, the, of, of culture? We gonna, when, when we get to the place that he's more important than what I could do at Walmart, than what I could do at Wild Adventures, all of that's fine. My family will be at the same places. But what we have to make priority is, is our time with God. you with me he yearns earnestly for your attention cut the TV off talk to me I want to know what's going on in your world how many of you got a friend that you ain't talked to in I mean six months Probably. let me ask you this what kind of marriage would I have if, 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 if I never spoke to her nothing there and and what I have to do is learn how to communicate here's my communication how I think I've done good listen Grant's got a ball game tomorrow it's going to be kind of cool this week you know what I'm saying and uh, listen I'm going to be deer hunting Thursday deer's moving real good right moon phase you know what I'm saying and um, hey the Braves the Braves are going to be on tonight we're going to watch them okay and uh, probably go fishing Saturday and you know what I walked away and said my God we just had deep communication then I go in the room and be like, Percy Sledge. And she's like, what? And this is what she said. You, we communicate. What? I just told you, Grant's got a ball game. Fish is going on the bed. We're going to have to be getting them now. Well, listen, we ain't got but a few weeks right here. We're going to get them if we're going to get one. You know what she wants to know? She don't care about if the fish is on the bed. She don't care about the baseball. She wants to know what's in the deep depths of my heart. This is what the Holy Spirit is looking for. That's why I'm, I'm done right here. But i got to tell you this. It's awesome to sing. It's awesome to sing. A song, okay? But you know what? When we sing, Lord, you're beautiful, that's not my revelation of God. That's Keith Green's revelation of God. Now, you can go to Hallmark, and these people that's paid thousands of dollars to come up with these little sweetheart sayings. And if those that know me know this, you one thing that you would never want to put your money with me on is in a spelling contest. You won't do it. I'm telling you right now, I, 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 if they got me with cat, I'd probably go down. I bought Catherine a real nice Bible one time, had her name put on the front, misspelled her name. I said, that's all right, listen, we're going to put a gold plate tag over it and rewrite the name. But you know what she loves? She loves a Xerox copy paper folded in half with my misspelled words and everything on it that's what moves her heart why because it come out of the depths of me this is what the Holy Spirit longs for stand with me so what we do is in worship is we ride the we ride the vehicle of Keith Green we ride the vehicle of Bethel and Jen Johnson till we get to the part that I'm behind the veil. When I get behind the veil, listen, Jen Johnson's far from my mind. I'm saying, hey, God, it's me and John right here. I ain't got Jen Johnson's voice, but I came to tell you this. You mean everything to me. I came to tell you this. I'm so thankful for the blessing of God and what you've done in my family. I'm so thankful for my wife and three boys. God, I love you. This is what begins to move his heart. So what are you saying, preacher? We're wrapping it up with this. He's jealous for you. He wants your time and affection. If 
how you can spend your time with God is in your truck, do it. If you're a housewife washing dishes, you can spend time with God. Doing laundry, you can spend time with God. But whatever, I'm making sure I'm giving Him my best. I'm not giving Him the leftovers and the scraps. We need to repent of that this morning, including the one holding the mic. I'm going to watch my communication and how I talk and carry myself, realizing that every day that I walk, I walk with God. He's on the inside of you, friend. Are you with me? And I'm going to make it my priority to learn what he likes, and I'm going to adjust my lifestyle around that. What we fight in American culture is that culture is trying to make us adjust the Bible to fit our life. That God never intended that. Listen, friend, you got to adjust your life to fit the Word. Can I get an amen on that in this Pentecostal church this morning? Raise your hands. I'm going to pray over and bless you. If it's your first time here, we thank God for you. We bless you. We're glad you came this morning. I just want to pray a blessing over your life. Father, I just thank you this morning for this house. I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit at work in us, God. We realize this morning that, hey, we got a real person on the inside of us, and it's you, God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, wrapped up in one, living on the inside of us. I thank you that, Lord, you're going to help us learn how to commune and fellowship with you. Lord, let us crawl up in your lap, God. Let us love you tenderly and hug you with the kisses of our mouth, God. Let us bless you, Lord, every day of our life. And as we commune with you, God, I thank you that you're building Jesus in my life. You're making me into a replica of him. And I so thank you for that, God, in Jesus' mighty name. If you will, church, come on, let's give the Lord one mighty hand clap of praise. God bless you all.